And she, uh, she um, was very kind, very, very quiet. And um, I thought, oh, she looks like a very nice lady. So after the meeting, um, I went up to her and uh, she was talking with another um, member. And um, I, you know, I kind of came to a break and I said, um, do you have a list of people in the meeting? And she said, no. So I went and got it for her and then kind of quietly slipped it to her and said, my name is Linda. Give me a call if you need anything. And then I had to go. So um, about a day later, um, all of a sudden I checked my messages on text and there was a message from her. She said, would you consider being my sponsor? And I, I said, well, of course, you know, I was delighted um, to contemplate <laughs> being her sponsor. I said, um, why don't you come, um, come here uh, to the library and we'll, we'll talk. Excuse me, that Friday. <laughs> so Friday came and um, we were supposed to meet at 10. And so 10 o'clock comes and she's not there. 10.05, 10.10. Finally at 10.15, she comes in and she apologized for being late. She said traffic was really bad. Now this was one of the things that I wanted to talk to her about because she was asking me to be her sponsor and yet she lived 40 miles away. Um, and I thought, hmm, okay, well, we'll talk about that. <clears throat> so we found a spot at the library and we were talking. I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. So she was a mother. Uh, she had two kids, uh, been married for six, 15 years. And, um, you know, she said <clears throat> every night after the kids had their dinner and their, her husband had her dinner, she sat down and she opened up that bottle, that bottle of wine. And um, she said, I check out. I check out every single night. I check out on my kids. I check out on my husband. I sit on the couch. I watch TV and I have a bottle of wine, one glass, two glasses three glasses, she said, and now maybe sometimes I open a second bottle. And so she was very, very concerned about this. <clears throat> and so um, I tried to kind of reach into her and say, so do you think you're really ready for this? Um, do you, have you reached your bottom? And she she was quite surprised by this question. Um, I don't think she'd ever thought about reaching her bottom. And she said, no, I don't think I have reached my bottom. Um, I still want to drink. And it just said to me that she was, she was someone like in this chapter who wanted to drink, who knew she had a problem, and yet she hadn't come to the grips, come to grips with the fact that she couldn't quit. And so I <clears throat> started talking to her more about what, what she wanted, um, you know, what her expectations were, how she felt about alcohol. Um, and all of it just told me that she really wasn't ready yet 
She had not reached the bottom. She hadn't made that decision to do anything so that she could quit drinking. So I kind of, um, you know, I said, well, tell me about why you wanted me to be your sponsor when you lived 40 miles away. And she, she said, well, I didn't want to have run into anybody. In other words, she she didn't want to meet anybody she knew uh, who would know that she was an alcoholic. And um, I said, well, <clears throat> you know, I would be happy to work with you, um, but I think you might want to consider um, the place where I've been to meetings where you are from, and um, I think you might want to eventually consider uh, finding someone local to to work with. And again, it was something she hadn't really thought about. And so then I said, <laughs> um, so what do you suppose a sponsor does? And she, again, you know, gave me a little puzzled look and said, well, a sponsor is someone I would call up and say, I want a drink. And then my sponsor would say, you can't. And I thought, well, um, no, I, I think a sponsor does a little bit more and a sponsor can't really make that decision for you. And again, she was she was taking it all in, and I, but I think she was very very surprised again by my uh, reaction to her comment. So we talked more, and um, you know, I kind of said, you know, maybe you maybe you need to think about what you really want to do here. Um, I told her I didn't know that she was ready. And so she kind of got big eyed. And then she said, you know, my sister-in-law has been where I am and she has managed to stop drinking. And I said, have you told your sister-in-law that you have, you'd like to talk to her about this? And she said, no. And so I said, I suggested to her that she really ought to think about, um, talking to her sister-in-law and finding out what she had done in order to kind of work her way through this. And so we left it. Um, I left her with this following suggestion. I said, if you want, I will sponsor you, but I think you need to really think about a few things before you make that decision. And I didn't mean to put her off, but I really, really could tell that she was not ready yet. She hadn't come to the decision that she had hit her bottom and she couldn't drink anymore. She really wanted that bottle of wine still at dinner after she wanted to check out. And so I, I basically, um, told her, you know, let me know if you still want me to sponsor you. But um, I could tell she was not, <laughs> she was not going to have me sponsor her. Um, you know, so <clears throat> we parted friends. She is, she is really, really a sweet, sweet lady. And so um, the next day I um, texted her and said, thank you very much uh, for trusting me and allowing me to be with you. Um, I know you have some things to think about. And she texted me back and she said, you gave me a lot to think about. Thank you so much. So I think um, the 
thing that I would take away from this is you have to be out there. You have to give yourself. You have to let people, you know, talk to people. You have to be ready to let them know what you have done in order for it to be successful. Um, and I don't know, um, let me see how much time I have. Um, you know, I could tell that she really, really wanted to quit drinking, but again, she didn't have, she hadn't taken the, the steps to think about what it was going to take for her to quit. She knew she had a problem. She knew that her sister-in-law had a problem, had kind of worked her way through it. So I'm hopeful that that maybe, maybe I gave her a couple of thoughts, um, something to think about, some action she can take. And I will text her, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks to see how she's doing, see if she's still drinking. And um, I really hope that she can come to the realization that there are many of us out here, out there, um, who have a problem and who have managed to work it, work it one day at a time, one day at a time. So thank you very much. I think that's about my 10 minutes. Um, oh, I've got a few more seconds, but anyway, thank you so much. And uh, Laura, I really appreciate the um, response, the opportunity to speak tonight. So thank you. My name's Eriko and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to the new folks. Uh, uh, just, uh, you know, I see a couple names on here that I know. So that's pretty cool. What's up, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what's cool about, well, whatever, I'm just going to say it. He was there when I came in. So, that's always that's a beautiful thing, you know. And there's someone in here that I that I've seen come in. So I always like when I go to a meeting, it's like that's like this little like little triangle of something that I like to see. There's like someone I've if I if I go to a meeting and there's someone that I've seen that I watched them come in the rooms and someone that see me come in the room and there's me. It's like that's like a little special thing I look for uh, in meetings, and it's really special when that when that happens. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so welcome everybody. It's great to be here. It's great to see this uh, this meeting still still kicking. Um, I think I started going to the meeting, the North Oakland Speaker meeting, when it first started. I don't know, maybe like I don't know, seven, ten years ago, uh, over there. I think it was Alcatraz. I'm not sure, but it was somewhere. It popped around somewhere else and somewhere else. So, yeah. But cool. Well, anyway, um, let's start off. Uh, uh, man, I. Um, you know, I heard this thing when people start sharing, like to qualify, it's like, you know, talk about your first drink and your last drink. And and uh, I think I'm going to start off with that, you know. Um, so my first drink, I had my first drink when I was about 16 years old, and that was in May of 1993. And 16 years old, kind of, that's kind of late for an alcoholic, for someone who ends up in the rooms sometimes. And and part of that is because I think we, um, 
at least for me, what for my for my situation, my dad was, was went to rehab when I was 10 years old. So which meant that, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and a dope fiend. And. And so when I was young, I saw a lot of that. You know, I saw the I saw the stuff. Dad doing his alcoholic, you know, dope fiend stuff. Um, what my mom used to do, my mom used to think that if my if if she sent me with my dad on whatever wherever he went, like we you know you know dope, we know how we do it. You know, we'll be like oh I gotta go do this, I gotta go do that, whatever. You know, oh I gotta go to the store, oh I gotta go to my friend's house real quick for, you know, she my mom knew knew what was going on lightweight, so she would send me on on the missions with my dad because she would think if she thought if I was with him that he wouldn't be uh, doing stuff or whatever. But, you know, you know, I've seen that stuff. Then it was also in the household, too. You know, the all the dysfunction of a alcoholic, dope fiend household, you know, you know, the fights, the drama, the the police coming over and, you know, all that, all that, all that stuff. So when I was uh, about 10, my dad went to MPI, probably some MPI alumni in here. I, I imagine if this is a, you know, open crowd. Um, and I remember going to that, to that, to that, they have the, the family care thing, you know, in the family care, they talk about how, how I might become an alcoholic, right? They're, they're saying, hey, you need to be careful because this is a family disease. I don't know. That's the one thing I remember. From from the from all the you know I'm, I'm ten years old you know so it's so long ago and I remember that part where they warned they warned me that I might become an alcoholic or a drug addict <laughs> that's some heavy shit for a ten year old after just seeing all everything that that my dad went through and I'm like whoa ah oh, fuck that ah hell no you know what I mean that is not no nah, no nah, I'm good you know I'm cool you know this is some this is some serious shit you know. You know, in retrospect, it's like, you know, you know, things I saw, you know, no, no, no one, nobody should ever see and nobody, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten should ever see either, especially or be around. Um, so, you know, 10 years old, 10, 11, 12, you know, about 12, 13, people start drinking, 14 people start drinking. And I'm like, nah, nah, you know, no, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good you know, stayed away, you know, and I had an older brother and he kind of like schooled me. He's like, yeah, you should wait till you when you're like about 16, you know, then you can start making drink around then or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, and then uh, we had this big family party and, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my uncle and grandparents owned a bar and we, we had, I don't know if it was them or I don't know who, we, we had this huge, it was a graduation party for my older sister and my, and my cousin. And, and I don't know, you know, they just bring us, Hey, we're having a party. We're at this party. It's out in Albuquerque. And I'm like, cool, let's, let's go to this party, you know, let's fly out to Albuquerque for a party. And, and it's at a hotel. We have like a hall in a hotel and then we have a bunch of rooms and, and I remember one of the rooms, like, or actually, I remember my brother, he took me out to go have a beer with him. That was the first time I had a beer. Um, you know, when we went out to the parking lot, we just had a beer. He's about nine years older than me. And and we just kind of shared that moment. That was like, like the first time I drank a whole beer with somebody. And then, so that was pretty, you know, that was pretty cool. You know, my, my brother, you know, there's 
whole lot of, he ends up being alcoholic and drug addict and stuff like that. And that's, you know, get to that later, but, uh, but yeah, but it was, it was like a special moment. Right. And then, and then that was just one beer though. And then later on, you know, we have, there's the party, we have the hotel rooms and, and, and there's a bathtub full of, of beer. And, and I remember these, like my sister and my cousin and the older cousins and their friends, they're all making us drinks <laughs> and they're making us, I remember drinking rum and Cokes and Budweiser's, right? Rum and Cokes and Budweiser. They're doing, and they're like, just taking care of me. They're all the cool older people. And, 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 you know, we had the family party part and then we're having like the after party at the hotel rooms now. And, and little 16 year old me and my cousin, my first cousin, you know, and, and it was something that I kind of thought, like my brother said, like, wait till you're 16, wait till it's special, you know, kind of thing. And that's what I did. And, and the thing about that night is about that, 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 that night of drinking is that it was, it was like, it was like really great. It was really great. And why I say it was great, it was just like, you know, like I said, I had, I went through, I saw a lot when I was a child, right? And that kind of gave me a disposition that was, that held a lot of fear. And I was, I was a kind of kid who didn't really, probably didn't stand up for himself as much as he could. You know, I, I was a kid that didn't, that didn't like, that I didn't like, I wouldn't dance at school dances. You know, uh, I was a kid that was, I was like afraid of girls. You know, I would be getting, you know, girls would write me notes, hey, we go out with me? And I'll be like, uh, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, for some half, for some reason, when I, when I drank that night, like all that, all that fear and insecurity just washed away. You know, and that's what that what alcohol did for me that night. And uh, you know, it's funny if I stopped the if I ended the story right there, you would think, oh wow, I guess alcohol is this magic cure for insecurity and fear. That's great, <laughs> you know. But but you know how we do it. But yeah, it was a great night. It's a great night. I remember I just felt like I just felt brave. Um, I felt like I had game, you know, I could talk, you know, talk to a girl, whatever, you know, I felt like I could dance, you know, I, I just, I just, it, it just like these feelings that I really, of the person that I really wanted to be was, uh, was there and it was with alcohol. And, and I remember thinking that night, I remember thinking that night, I'm like, I want to feel like this all the time all the time this is this is this is where i want to be but i remember hey be careful you might become an alcoholic or a drug addict oh my i'll be careful that was my that was my thought so so that was that was my first drink you know pretty cool pretty like my cousin that i drank with that night he ended up throwing up and having a hangover and i was just kind of like this is what the fuck what's that all about <laughs> i'm glad that happened didn't happen to me so anyway yeah that was that was my first you know drinking experience and 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 what happened is i uh i go back home come out here to to, to alameda uh where i was living at as a teenager and 
I told my friends, hey guys, check it out. I'm I'm I drink now, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, finally, you you in the gang. All right, cool. And my friends were pretty cool because when I first drank, they were like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna take care of you, we're gonna make sure you do it right, you know. So so what they did is like, you know, on the weekends when we would drink, when it was like the weekend time, they they would only they would only let me have a 22. They're like, you only have you only get a 22. You can only drink that. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. You know, so for a couple weekends, it was just a 22 on those nights. And then uh, and then the next weekend, it was a 32, like a 32 ounce of, of beer or whatever. And like, OK, cool, cool. Did that for a couple of weeks. And then it then then it, oh, then it was a 40. All right. We'll get you. You ready? You ready for a 40 now? All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so that was it was pretty it's pretty cute to, to think back about how how like my, my friends took care of me like that in my, you know, in my, cause we're, you know, no one knew who's going to become an alcoholic and several of us in that, in that, in that group actually, you know, I'm the one that came to AA some of them are all fucked up, but you know what I mean? Um, but it was pretty cute how we all took care of each other. They took care of me to make sure I didn't like, they weren't going to like fuck me up and just give me, you know, Bacardi 151 or something crazy like that. So that was that was that was it. That was cool. And then and then so things were pretty fine with my drinking was just like kind of regular drinking, nothing special. But it was like it was that thing. It was like, yes, this is it. This is how I want to feel. I want to party. You know, I'm over here. I'm at school dances and dancing and going to the little house parties and the and the little under 18 clubs. And, you know, I'm that guy. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is how I want. You know, this is how I wanted my life to be. I want to be partying, you know, and then you know, then I had the courage to talk to girls and I'm talking to girls and I'm spinning game and I'm getting little, 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 you know, just, just having little mini relationships and stuff like that. It was, it was cool. And then, and then I, then I was like, then I was, then I was braver. I was like, oh, you, you trying to fuck with me? Oh, let's go. Let's, we're, we're fighting, you know, because back then it was, you know, when you're a young teenage boy, you know, getting in fights, that's, I don't think it's a terrible thing to do, but it was, you know, one-on-ones, rite of passage kind of thing. That's how it was in my, in my, in my clique and my people I, I grew up with, you know, you weren't no punk, you know, and that was cool. You know, that was, that was fine with me. It wasn't too dysfunctional. Just, you know, oh, you don't, you oh, you're not going to pay me on my dice game. Well, we're fighting, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just kind of some regular stuff to do in my opinion. Um, so so then I remember like, I think sometime during my senior year in high school, I remember having my first blackout. I remember having my first experience of shame when it came to drinking. And that day we decided to just, we did a little one of those old school beer run where we went, went into AM PM and grabbed some 12 packs and ran out, you know, one of those. And I had this goal of drinking like the whole 12 pack, you know, you know, it's like, oh, you got those milestones when you first year, you drank your first six pack and then, okay, now I'm going to drink a whole 12 pack. And anyway, I remember that night, I remember that night, I, I that's when I kind of had like my first kind of brownout situation, you know, because I, I don't want to call it blackout because I didn't completely forget everything, but I kind of remember stuff from that night. And I remember like, I remember being more something than I wasn't normally. Like, I remember being really, really like friendly, like overly friendly, you know, I became this overly friendly drunk that night. And I remember being like really, really happy to see someone that I, that I just kind of knew from school. Like he was in my class and he was funny. And I was just like really happy to see him and giving him 
a big old hug. <laughs> it was, it was just, but for some reason I felt like some shame around that. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I was embarrassing. I'm acting like this. And it, it wasn't a big deal, but I remember that was being like just a milestone in my drinking. Like that was the first time, like I had that. And then it was, you know, of course, you know, it's the warnings. That was like my first like warning sign. Like, okay, Bill, okay, all right, hey, watch out. Like, this is, this is, this might be, this might be where alcoholism starts. But it in, it just progressed from there. And it progressed into, into <clears throat> all those things that I were talking about. It just, you know, all those things just got, went, just went, went bad. You know, the things I, I said that I, that I like the, like the being, like went from, from being, you know, standing up for myself to just being violent, you know, for no, for no, for not good reasons. You know, um, it went from, you know, just, uh, just wanting to like, you know, being able to talk to girls and wanting to do that to just being really like kind of manipulative and, and in, in my, you know, in my pursuit for, you know, romance, you know, my relationships with, uh, you know, for those pursuits of, you know, pleasure and romance. <clears throat> and also, you know, I became like, just kind of obsessed with trying to have a good time, you know, where the out where the drinking was like, okay, let's, I wanted to have a party and be in like, you know, the dancing and stuff. And I'm like, the obsession with having a good time, just that all turned, you know, into just, just more and more drinking. And from there, you know, things, things started getting kind of ugly, you know, just more and more blackouts. Uh, next thing you know, I, I'd end up in the hospital for some stupid trunk stuff. Like I'd end up like, like having to get stitches, you know, on multiple occasions, you know, uh, from drinking, uh, I'd end up like in these crazy, crazy fights, you know, and I don't even remember how it happened. Um, you know, just, you know, ugly drama with girls and it, it was just getting bad. And, and, a, and a lot of it for me too was also, you know, I don't know. I don't want to put it on, but whatever it was, that's, that's what was happening. Right. And a lot of, a lot of it was like, I had a lot of feelings about my childhood and stuff like that. And, and it manifested, you know, in this alcoholism, you know, then you start drinking and then the rage and then the selfishness and then there's all this stuff, like, and I take it out on the world. And then, and then, and then like, then it, then it started happening where a lot of this stuff wasn't, you know, also at the same time, it just didn't happen when I was drinking you know, the, 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 the selfishness, you know, the violence, the manipulations, the, you know, all that stuff kind of just became part of my regular life as well as my alcoholic life too. And so, but I was also, but I, at the same time with all this dysfunction, I was like this pretty good student, you know, and I had this, these pursuits for higher education and, and I would, you know, I'd get you know, really good grades, but then next thing you know, I'm getting, I'm suspended for five days for fighting, you know, and I'd have to, my, you know, it affect my grades. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of times, you know, when I was a young adult where people didn't know, like, is this guy going to go to, is this guy going to go to Cal or prison? You know, we're not sure, you know, because he's, 
He's, it, could, it could be either one, you know. Um, so I started, like, to really try to improve myself, too. I was always trying to, like, maintain, you know, some of the people that I ran with, they just, like, they weren't really thinking about higher education or, or they didn't really have any ambitions besides, like, just kind of, you know, just let's get, let's party. Let's have a good time. Let's just, let's hustle. And, uh, but I had these other ambitions. So I eventually like, you know, fast forward, like I said, like, you know, then I started, oh, then I started getting arrested. Oh, that was, the, that was the next part of the game. You know, first it was the hospital getting the, getting drunk and getting in the, going to the hospital for some stitches or some whatever. And then it was, then I started getting arrested. That was the next thing. And, and arrested for like drunk stuff, you know, just, just every arrest I, almost every arrest I ever had was for something I did while I was drunk. And whether it was some drunk tank or something violent, either one of those two things, you know, and, and it was nothing serious, no crimes, no, no, I'm no, I'm no, you know, I'm no hustler. I'm no gangster. I'm no, you know, uh, you know, my dad used to say, cause he, he used to tell me, he used to tell me, he'd be like, son, I wouldn't be so mad about you getting arrested if you're trying to do something to make money or something, but you're just doing all this drunk shit. <laughs> that, that was, I remember him telling me that. That was like, God, like, what, what's, what's wrong with that? That's very interesting parenting right there. And he was sober at the time, too. <laughs> so, he used to tell me this thing. He would tell me this thing when I would end up in jail or the hospital. He'd be like, he'd be like, son, when you don't drink, a lot of this kind of stuff doesn't happen. You don't end up in the hospital or you don't end up in jail, One of depending on when it was. He's all, he, he, that, he's all, this only happens when you're drinking these types of things. He's all, uh, you're powerless over alcohol. It has this power over you. And I'll be like, yeah, get man, nah, I'm still, I, I'm above it. You know, I, I can handle it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't have that sense of humility yet, but he was planting that seed. And then the second part, he would say to this statement, he'd be like, son, you're, you're in, you're in jail or you're in the hospital, depending on which it was. And he'd be like, you're not managing your life well. He's all you're the, the, the next worst place than, the, than these places are the grave. You know, you're really not managing your life well. And that was his that was part of his, you know, the thing I remembered of his speeches to me when I would get in, in trouble. Of course, like he was, you know, he's one of us. So he uh, so he knew what time it was. So I would still I was still in this pursuit of of of, of improvement of myself, of ambitions for education and a career. So I was always trying to, like, do these shifts. And I did some shifts. Right. I remember like I remember like the, the last time I got arrested, I'm like I'm in college. I have a I have a final for uh, this 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 it's called differential equations, which is a, a calculus course. And. If you're on the quarter system in school, it's like the it's the fifth calculus course. And so it's it's some like, you know, I'm doing stuff like that. And I remember like I had a final on a Wednesday and I get arrested on a Friday and I I spent the whole weekend in jail and 
and they finally let us out. They let they, they well, you know, that's a whole other story of how they just let me. They, I just walked out of there. They just were like, I'm released. But whatever, I got lucky. But it was a drunken, dumb shit night. And I think when did I get out on Monday or Tuesday? I forgot. But I remember like I got a C on that on that final because because I'm in jail. You know what I mean? Like I, I if I have if I would have had those days of studying, you know, I would have been it would have been an A for sure. But and that was like my last, that was like, all right, get your shit together. You know, so I spent like the last couple of years of my drinking, you know, I I ended up getting sober at 24. I spent the last couple of years of my drinking just really, really trying to like, you know, get my life together. And and I couldn't couldn't you know like I wasn't the kind of person that drank every day I was the kind of person that mostly drank on the weekends and then what would happen you know and I would stop I stopped hanging around with the people who did too much and and I was just really trying to focus on school and you know my 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 other my ambitions for a career and, and, and education and uh but like I bet it was maybe like every like fifth time I drank it was some drama you know like every you know, fifth or, or eighth time I drank, it was some something happened where I would just really embarrass myself or just did something just really, really mean to somebody or, you know, just like, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have those nights. I didn't want to be that person. And that's pretty much what happened with me. You know, I, 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 I lost the power to control my, my drinking. That's one of the things when you talk about what kind of qualifies folks for being an alcoholic, you know, I lost the ability to control my drinking. Not that I really, really, but when I really tried to control my drinking, I couldn't. And that was the thing, you know, not that I ever could control it. I kind of maybe could in a little bit in, in the early times, but I got to the point where there'd be nights where I just would want one drink and then it would turn into some, a blackout. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would turn to the next day. And I'm like, what the hell happened? So let me fast forward to my last drink. I just, uh, you know, my last drink, I just, it was one of those nights. I just didn't want, I just, I didn't want to drink that night. And the next thing I know, I had, I had a drink and it was, it was the next day, you know? And, and in that night, I, I got this crazy bar fight and I, I, I ran from the police. I was like, oh, this is like this chase from the police, like running from the police, hopping fences, and, uh, you know, and I, had, oh, and I had just graduated from college, like two weeks before that. And I just graduated college. And here I am at this bar, getting in a fight, running from the police, hopping fences, throwing bricks through people's windows who I fought. And just this crazy, like, night. And I don't really remember all this stuff. You know, people told me this, this stuff. And I, I just remember cutting my hand, jumping the fence, jumping the fence, running from the police. That's all I remember. But like here I am, like just graduating college, and I and I, you know, and for somehow the next day I was like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, the next day, and it wasn't even the craziest night of my life, but for some reason I was done. And you know, one one thing I like to describe about that about that time in my life is I had this. My bottom wasn't the worst night in my life. I had very worst nights, but but where I wanted to be was up here, and then where I was was down here. So that separation was kind of like the bottom like I was there's a time off I didn't really like it was pretty close so a night like that my last night drinking that's a funny night that's a funny story right 
But for some reason, that night was the night where it was I made the change. And that was that was June 28th, 2001. And my dad, big part of my sobriety, he he, you know, I called him up. I said, Dad, take, I need to go to a meeting. You know, I need to go to a meeting. And and uh and he did here here says, here's what he said to me. He said, son, I'm gonna take you to your first meeting, but I'm, then you're gonna have to figure it out on your own. Not like figure AA out on my own, but because he was my father and he was really close to me, he wasn't gonna take me to every meeting. You know, that was that was some I was I thought that that worked that was some good advice for me. Cause I went to my first meeting and everybody in between fellowship, he's 14th, everyone, I don't know if anyone been there before, but uh but yeah, and, the, and it was really cool. I mean, I had like the worst day of my life. And these people, I come into this room and these people are just so happy to see me, right? So happy to see me. It's the worst day of my life. You know what I mean? One of the worst days of my life. And I'm getting hugs and people are clapping for me. And it was it was amazing, you know? And, and I'm going to keep it real. A lot of these people knew my dad. So they, they were extra happy to see me, you know? They were really just like, it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a great feeling, you know? And, uh, and so I had a very, very warm welcome to AA. <clears throat> and then, but then like, then it's, then what about the next week and the meeting after that? And I'm like, okay, this is cool the first time. And then like, then I was, I was 24 and I'm at these meetings. Everyone's like in their forties and fifties. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is cool, you know, but you know, this is, you know, I'm not, I don't hang out with this, with this crowd. And then the then then they told me about the young people's meetings, and they suggested I check out uh, the Wild Bunch in Berkeley or Monday Night Young People in Oakland, and I went to those meetings and I saw a bunch of people my age, a little younger, a little older, but it was just it was like oh this is where the party's at, <laughs> like this is where the party's at, and these folks were so nice to me. I remember going to my first young people's meeting. This guy named Breeze after the meeting comes up to me with a list of phone numbers, he says, Hey, I'm Breeze. Welcome to AA. Here's a list of phone numbers. You need anything. You call these guys right here, you know, and that, that list of phone numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm still friends with, with those guys to this day, you know? And I remember that I used that phone number, you know, there was a couple of weeks later and I'm like, you know, new to AA a couple of weeks. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I could do this. This is this. I actually wanted to go out and seek revenge on the people that I got in that fight with uh, that last, that last night I drank. And, uh, but instead of doing that, I called, well, actually I, I did go out and look for them a couple of nights, but anyway, I decided there was this one weekend, there was this like an AA young people's camp out and they were like, come to this camp out. Like, just this, these two guys, guy, uh, uh, motion and Jesse, they were like, Hey, come to our house, meet us at our house, bring what you have for camping. If you don't have anything, we'll take care of you. You know, whatever you don't have, we'll take care of you. And I'm like, okay. And I showed up, I'm, you know, I had, you know, I had enough, you know, money and stuff to, you know, I don't think I didn't have a tent, but yeah, I just showed up with a, with a sleeping bag and some clothes and then they took me to this, to this camp out. And it was just like, I had like the time of my life, you know, it was just, it was amazing. And it was, I remember like, I just remember just laughing the whole time, just seeing all these young people in AA and I'm just laughing. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. This is so, this is, I, I cause like there's, there's, there's like camp stories, there's campfire stories. Then there's like alcoholic dope fiend campfire stories you know what I mean and it was just like and I'm just laughing it was a great time and I really saw you know the hope um 
But what I what happened to me though was I didn't I didn't start working the steps. I didn't start working the steps right away. And I remember coming into AA and I had this friend, my my, my buddy Johannes, we're still friends to this day. And we came at the same time. We're a very similar person, you know, you know, just Bay Area dudes like uh, like us and you know, really into school and et cetera. And uh and and a shift happened. Like, you know, we we clicked, you know, we were going, we were hanging out, like going to meetings together and all that stuff. But all of a sudden he started getting better and I didn't, you know. And the difference was he got a sponsor. Like he was getting, you know, happy, joyous, and free, you know, we talk about. And and uh and I wasn't getting that experience. I was still pretty miserable. Like I I I I I wasn't drinking and there was no drama. And I really liked going to meetings. Like meetings were great. It's like this shit is better than TV, you know. <laughs> this, this is amazing. I'd rather, you know, well, I'm only gonna be a couch potato and watch some show. I'm gonna go to a AA meeting. This is anyway. Um yeah, but he got better. So it took me a while to get to start, you know, to get a sponsor. I finally found a sponsor and uh and we ended up working the steps. And I don't remember anything he said. It's like, it's like, what, 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 what did my Angelo say? She said something like, you know, you're not gonna remember what somebody says, but you're gonna remember how they made you feel, you know? And that was my experience with the, with the steps. You know, I don't, I remember one thing he told me, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this book with you and then you're gonna read it with somebody else. That's all I remember. You know, that's all I remember him saying about this, the steps process, but there was a shift, you know, the experience, that I had with my sponsor working the working the steps, we I had that psychic change, you know I had that happen to me, and I know that because I remember this one time, I I was really upset with somebody, and for me being upset was was like you know, to me it was always justified, and it was always like, I I I you know I used to like to you know carry out revenge and, and all that kind of stuff or I was or being petty or whatever, you know, just I could do that. And that was part of my constitution. But I remember after being I was angry with this person, then I start then I did like a little spot check inventory, right? And then I did a little and then I then I said a little prayer. I said, God, please take this, these feelings away from me. Excuse me. So I could be of better use to others. Like I threw that little, that little thing. That's what I learned in AA so I could be a better use to others. And, and for some reason, like 10 minutes later, I wasn't mad anymore at this person, you know, and it's, and it's, and that's the thing in AA that I, that's, that's the gift to me. That's, that's the miracle. That's the, that's the psychic change is to know how to get over things and get through things. And that's, that's the magic sauce. You know, my partner, she's in this meeting right now and, you know, now we'll get in a little, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We'll get in our little spats and then I'll forget. I'll, I, I'll, like a couple hours later, I'm like, what, what, did, what did you do to, why was I mad at you? <laughs> I'll forget what I was mad, you know, and, and that's, <clears throat> and that's, that's just kind of, kind of, even in other folks, like that's kind of like my, you know, in my constitution now, like I can just get over it, you know, and, and things, you know, and things, and, and I can get through things, you know, I've been, I've been sober since, you know, like I said, since 2001 and things happen, you know, like she and I, we was rocky in our relationship early on and, and broke up a couple of times. So that's, that's some, you know, getting through that, that was, that was some heavy stuff for me. You know, um, I've had some pretty hardcore illnesses in AA. I had to, you know, kind of like, you know, I didn't quite have cancer, but it was like I had to remove an organ so I wouldn't have cancer. 
So that going through that whole process for, for many years, you know, with, you know, dealing with, with illness, you know, and, and using the tools of AA that helped me get through this, you know, I, I could be in this, you know, state of like perpetual illness, but still live a life of, you know, of, of that's, that's full, um, you know, and also my father died, you know, you know, like I said, he was a big part of my story. And uh, I, I remember I was out, my dad was in the ICU intubated and I was asked to speak at a meeting and I, and I, and I still went, you know, and I'm like, and I was all fucked up. I remember this person told me, you know, this person told me, and I'm in the meeting and I might, and when I was, when I came from the topic, I'm like, Hey, my dad's in the ICU. He might not make it. What do you have for me? <laughs> so that was the topic from the meeting. And I remember this one person at the meeting said, you know, talked about how he was at his mother's funeral and his mother's sponsor said to him, you know, your years of sobriety was the best gift you could ever give in your mother, you know, and, and that's what it was for me, for my dad, you know, that was like the, and that's for, not just for my dad, that's for this, for the world, for society, you know, I was a menace, you know, and, and today, you know, I, I, I met, I saw this mother at this conference I was at who was in tears thanking me for how I helped her son, uh, you know, pursue a higher education. And she was, was like, I don't even know. She just like, it's like, and that's, that's where my life is. You know, I'm no saint, you know, but, but what I've learned in AA was to, you know, I've committed my life to service and to usefulness. And, you know, there was so much selfishness, so much fear, and I'm able to shift from that. You know, I'm able to come to AA and show up as someone who's been here and and show up for folks and all i do and it's not like you know it's not it's not it's not me it's it's this book it's everything i got from this program it's everything that i got from this from from the people who who supported me you know all the love that that i was graced with you know like a tremendous amount like i can only give i only feel like i'm giving i can give just can i give just a fraction away of that for somebody you know like because I don't know what that's going to mean to them, you know, and that's, 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 that's where I'm at now, you know, that's where I'm at now, that's where I'm at today, just trying to show up for folks, living a life of, of usefulness and service and love, and, uh, you know, and, yeah, and that, that's, that's, yeah, that's about it, say 55, um, thank you all for, uh, for, uh, for listening to me, you know, if anyone needs some help, you know, as a sponsor, reach out, you're, it's not me reach out to somebody you know and if and if nobody's helping you at that meeting that meeting sucks go to another one there's a bunch out there <laughs> so anyway good luck everybody and uh thank you all for having me